Hanson Hasty. I'm the Senior Director for Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Foundation um, with the Committee on Theological Education. I have the longest title ever, <laughs> but it's because I work in partnership, which is a beautiful thing. And um, here in Leading Theologically, our podcast and live Facebook today um, with Jessica Tate, um, who also has some Carolina roots like me. Indeed. And um, we'll be talking about where is God calling us next, which is a big question. It could be that next year, the next month, maybe just the next hour. <laughs> so hopefully God is calling you to be with us during the next 30 minutes. And we're going to be um, talking about call and what we're discovering. And I just can't think of somebody better to talk to about this. I mean, you are the, the uh, director of Next Church. I love that name. And uh, where is God calling us next is something you all think about and have been thinking about unbelievably for a decade. Mm -hmm. And it's changed, right? It's evolved since Indeed. that uh, 2010 uh, gathering in Indianapolis. And uh, this is real movement, not just a conference. Um, and it's a place for connection and just asking some great questions. I think that's something you hear theological educators talk about, like, I want good questions. And I feel like Next Church Ask them, and Jessica, I know you're such a big part of that. Thanks just for being here today, making time on this side of your sabbatical and in your life uh, today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Folks, if you don't know Jessica, we're going to put into the feed and um, just go to the website nextchurch.net. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, learn more about her, learn more about Next Church and what they're up to. Um, we'll be talking about this gathering coming up in March, which is going to be virtual and available to anyone, which is super exciting. Um, she is a mother. She is a spouse. She's a graduate of Union uh, Presbyterian Seminary, um, also uh, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, not Wake Forest. I'm so sorry what Wake Forest is. <laughs> Um, I know we have a real common friend there, Mindy Douglas. Yes, indeed. Who is uh, just a gift to the world for sure. Y'all, did y'all minister there for a couple of two years? Two of the That's four. awesome. Yep. I thought that y'all had that connection. <clears throat> she is the mother of Hugh H U W, <clears throat> which is Welsh. Mm -hmm. You may learn more about that, which is super cool. And um, she has just been on sabbatical. We'll hear a little bit about that. Um, and uh, just thanks for the kind of gift and spirit that you are, that you bring. She's such a great preacher. If y'all haven't heard her preach, please like YouTube her because uh, it'll be worth your time. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I'd like to first ask you, though, as we're getting started, what I ask most of my guests, or all of my guests, really, is about your call, um, about what is making you come alive. That's what Howard Thurman said, is we mm -hmm. need more people who are coming alive. Mm -hmm. What is it? Or is Katie Cannon, I'm, and you may have had Katie. Mm -hmm. I did. Um, is, and she may have asked you, <laughs> <laughs> what is the work your soul must have um, uh, in these days and generally, Jessica? We'd love to hear. Yeah, that's such a great question. And I, I do feel like coming back from this three-month sabbatical, which I feel so privileged to have 
taken this summer and early fall, um, I have a whole new appreciation for what that question is driving at. Um, what I realized while I was away for those 12 weeks, um, and I say away, I was at home um, because it's a pandemic, but right. away from work. Um, uh, but I realized just how... Um, how exhausted I had become mm. in my work. And I, I think I had lost some of the sense of, um, of joy in what I was doing and gratitude in what I was doing. Um, and I was able to re to find those again, which is such a huge gift. Um, so the, I think what is making me come alive now is I feel like that space away allowed me to, um, in the words of John O'Donohue, return to myself. Um, mm. And I found again that I have energy, I have joy, I have gratitude. And when that gets to be integrated into my work, I'm a happier person. Everyone who lives with me is happier. Everyone I work with is happier. Um, and we're able to do harder work together as a result. So I'm mm -hmm. a convert to Sabbath. There's a reason it's a commandment. Um, right. we, I wish we could find ways for more in the church to take sabbaticals. And I wish we could find ways in our culture to honor that more broadly. Um, so I guess to answer the question, I think it really is a, what's making me come alive is this um, integrated sense of, of, of myself as a person, as a mom, as a spouse, as a pastor, as the director of Next Church, that all of those things are who I am. And if I'm not healthy in all of those places and not attending to joy in all of those places, um, it is a half-lived life. Um, so it's been a really good self-care 101 kind of thing, but it, I'm living into it differently than I ever have right now. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Kind of finding the joy and stepping back mm -hmm. <laughs> from everything. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah, there is something about Sabbath. I was in a doctor ministry group with some Seventh-day Adventist, and I thought, gosh, this was going to be strange, and it was, you know, in some ways, but wow, did they take Sabbath seriously, mm -hmm. and um, it, it had, an, had an impression, and I've had the gift of a sabbatical, too, so I know what you're meaning when you can take months to step away. I mean, because it, mm -hmm. you know, I remember one, one year I, I took uh, early in my ministry, like a two-week just vacation, Mm -hmm. And, and, and what I realized is that first week, I'm just kind of decompressing, I'm not really, exactly. you know, it takes some time. I mean, it really takes it time, really and, does. It you really know, does. and the months away also, I mean, it's just further can let go. And then mm -hmm. I love what you said though, become more of yourself. Is that Ret you Yeah. Returning, you'll, you'll return to yourself is what right. Donna That's Donna beautiful. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, so at, at stepping back and having time to kind of notice and think about those questions and and gaining that joy and vision again for uh going forward what what kind of things did you notice uh, about yourself about others about the church about the world that um, <sighs> would be helpful toward our our major question about where god is calling us next is there That's things you're question. noticing um i think the um some of what I've, what I'm noticing right now is that we've got a lot of work to do as the mm. church. Um, mm -hmm. And that I think is actually a really hopeful thing. Um, there is, 
I mean, I think the pandemic has um, helped us see that things are going to be different going forward. We're not going to go back to a normal um, even after this is over. So things are going to have to drastically change. Um, But that doesn't have, that doesn't have to be a crisis. There's a lot about the pandemic that is a crisis, but the fact that we were disrupted from the patterns we have long established of how we behave as church, um, those being disrupted doesn't have to be a crisis. It can be a major opportunity for us. Right. I think the the pandemic also just exacerbated issues that already existed in the church and brought them much Mm -hmm. more into focus. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really curious about how we can use this moment to get clearer on what God is calling us to be, um, to grieve what is no more, um, and to let go so that something new can be born, because I really do think this is a moment of midwifing that is happening. Um, There's... It's also really helpful to realize that so many of those patterns that are being disrupted right now are pretty relatively recent ways of being the church, like since World War II ways of being the church to Mm -hmm. have all of our committee structures, to have worship at a very particular time, graded Sunday school classes, like all of those things haven't been around for 2000 years. So it is not the only way that Mm -hmm. the people of God can exist in the world. (laughs) Um, So what are, what are we being invited into? Um, Mm -hmm. And also how do we take seriously all of the ways the world has so significantly changed? Um, A colleague of mine of ours, Jen Edmiston, I know used to ask her staff, um, think about the grocery store you used to go to when you were a child and the grocery store you go to now, what has changed? And you could name, you know, a million things. Like we have this grocery chain um, chain here, Wegmans, that is expanding across the country now, I think. But they have like a bar you can go sit at. They Some of them have childcare for your children what? to drop them off. I mean, it is wild. Um, they have every home good thing you could imagine in addition to the food. And right. you think about, okay, how has the church changed in that same period of time? Yeah. You go, hmm. Not a whole lot. <laughs> so something is amiss there when we haven't kept up right. yeah. with the time. There's some good things about things that don't change, but yeah, I mean, there's also there's so much we can learn from. I mean, I've read stuff about third third places, and now right. sure. Zoom has become a third place. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know, right. um, and yeah, that's really interesting. It's a great question from Jan. I think um, I love. I don't want to let go of this beautiful image of midwifery. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorite scripture passages is, is Exodus uh, one with Shipra and Pua, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, who, who it, midwifing, there's a little bit of uh, resistance, you know, <laughs> uh, that's in there, at least in the biblical text um, for sure. And, and helping give birth to something new. I mean, so yeah, this, what I'm hearing is some real hope here. There's real opportunity in the middle of this that's pregnant, literally yes. pregnant, if we're able to, to notice and help give birth to those, to those new things. But um, I love the questions you're asking when you have, have good questions and good, even, you know, noticing things like um, the grocery store and how they've changed. I mean, that, to help people, you know, uh, reimagine um, what does need to be given birth. Um, I want to welcome some friends, Ronnie Matthew Harris, who you may know, super cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Wilson Black, mm-hmm. who's there in the DC area. He's with Sojourners. He posted a link to a 
book on Sabbath in the, in the suburbs. Um, welcome and glad to have you all here and others. Um, if you have questions, comments, uh, resources to share, please put those in the text. I mean, in the comment line. Um, yeah, so I'm glad to have you here. Um, uh, so um, where, what are some next steps that you think <laughs> that you want to take? I mean, what is uh, in your own leadership, Mm -hmm. in, in your own work or, or with your colleagues with Next Church. And you have such a great staff and strategy team and right. advisory group. And I'm always just super impressed and have been involved in many of the gatherings. And uh, they're a real gift to me, by the way. So your work, your work does matter, I hope you know, <laughs> and has for a long, long time, and I'm sure will into the future. But what, is this, what does this mean? What, what, what are some of, some of the next steps um, uh, that will help, help move us forward? Um, yeah, I, I think we've got to, um, I mean, one of the major things that's taking a lot of our attention within Next Church right now is that we're doing an anti-racism audit of our work as mm -hmm. an organization. And I think that does need to be center for so many of us right now, right, particularly right. in the white church. Um, I'm learning so much in that process as a leader, as a person of faith, um, and the organization is learning a lot about itself. Um, and I'm really finding that that work um, is a holy process, that it really is a sanctifying process in the refining fire kind of way, that something has been revealed to us about how we have come to be and the, the sin that is enmeshed in us and in our systems and in our country and in our world um, that is counter to what God has created us to be. So how do we... Um, help make that visible. Um, how do we live differently now that we know? Um, and what does that look like as an institution, as an organization, as a church? Um, Austin Channing Brown talks about the work of anti-racism being the work of being a better human to other humans. And I love that yeah. distillation of it. Um, and that is holy work. Like that's the image of God in you, the image of God in me. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the very basis of who we are. Um, so that's a huge step that we're taking as an organization. Um, and I'm curious to, to see how we can help infuse practices of being better humans to other humans right. into yeah. the church more broadly um, in a denomination, the piece of essay that's 90% white. Um, that is right. huge huge learning for us. And it's the kind of learning that's like a fish learning about water that um, <laughs> you don't even know you've got to learn it till it becomes really clear. Um, so that's hugely in front of us. Um, I think figuring out how we create real community and virtual space mm. is really important. Um, again, I don't think we're going back to church in the same ways we were before, even if a switch gets flipped and everything can reopen I just don't think this is going to go back to what it was. Right. So how can we um, think about the way we do church differently and how do we make more use of virtual space? Um, and that also takes me back to the midwifing image. One of the things I was fortunate to get to work with midwives um, oh. when I was pregnant. And oh, good. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated about them was how much time they took in my appointments to teach me about what was happening to my body and to the baby and um 
And I think that's a lot of what our work is right now. We've got to teach and learn new ways of being together in an ongoing way, um, which is what church has always been about. I mean, that's what discipleship formation has always been about. Um, But we're going to have to do that in radically different ways. You know, you saying that, I mean, they, you knew what was going on. I mean, you sort of knew what was going on in your body, but it was the invitation to step back Mm-hmm. And be able to name, claim, notice, pay attention. I love, right. you know, right. Barbara Brown Taylor and um, Altars in the World. You know, she kind of mm-hmm. renames Christian practices. Uh, right. One of them is paying attention, and mm-hmm. it's one I return to often. Like, and and what a great image for the church. I mean, the body of Christ. Like, right. we need to pay attention to mm-hmm. what is happening in our bodies, right. where exactly. there is disease, mm-hmm. right? Where there mm-hmm. is growth, where there is health and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, one of the things I, I have really appreciated about um, this pandemic period is I've been paying attention to my body more and it, it makes a difference. Right. You know? right. And it makes you healthier for, you know, if we pay attention to the church as a body, we can be a better witness, right? A better mm-hmm person, uh, better persons, better church, better, um, more glorifying to God. That's a, mm-hmm. I think it's just a beautiful thing to continue to think about. Um, love, love that image. Um, and it seems like that's just not work for next church, right? That's right, work that's for, for everybody. congregations. That's work mm-hmm. for families. That's work mm-hmm. for, um, uh, mid councils. I was on a, uh, what is his name? Robert Jones, Vanderbilt Divinity had a piece. Uh, what What is mm-hmm. his? He's Wait got a, too an, long. Is his yes, book. right. Yeah, I mean, and he was in in sort of self identifying himself. He showed where his family, um, you know, had owned slaves, and he think they were very wealthy. But doing that work, and it made me. I knew some things about my family. It made me go and look, and I mean. It, gave me pause, you know, some of the things that I, I didn't really realize were there. And um, so I think you're right. This is a, this, and you need some time and space to do that. And that is something that pandemic allows. We're not mm-hmm. getting in our cars and planes as much, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, and um, so there's some yeah. real, oppor- it feels like you're saying this is an opportunity. I mean, maybe this, I know y'all were doing this race audit work ahead of. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's not just related but to the it's, pandemic. It's almost a, an opportunity to go dive deeper and differently. Right. Right. And I think, I think the pandemic has unveiled a lot in our country, right? Like we've seen um, the economic crisis. We've seen right. how fragile right. so many are in our society. We've, um, you know, at the same time we've seen, um, black and brown people continue to be killed and the the protests that have happened over the summer and that are continuing on now um you know they're so seeing racism um seeing the crisis in healthcare, all of those i think are are just taking a veil down that we'd been pretending those things weren't there Correct. and we can no longer pretend that and the pandemic has mm-hmm. been a huge part of of um taking down that that curtain. Um, and it does then give us an opportunity to, to act differently. Um, one of the things that Katie Cannon was a professor of mine. And one of the things Dr. Cannon said to me when I was in seminary and I was, I remember sitting in her office one day and just lamenting the state of the world and (laughs) how could, how could we possibly ever make it better? And, um, and she just sort of, she leaned over her desk and like, if you know her, you can picture yeah, her right. oh, yeah. over at you. And she said, Jessica, you know, the hope is in the struggle. 
And yes. I did not know at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the older I get, the more I see the profound truth in that, that when mm. when things are revealed to us, when we can see them, then we have the ability to be honest about them, to confront them, and to begin to imagine a new way of being. Um, because that is, you know, I think about that co-creation with God language that we have and um, the spirit being among us, that creative spirit being among us. I mean, what an opportunity we have once we realize we're not living the way we want to live. We're not um, creating the kind of beloved community we want to see. This is not the promised day of God that we want it to be. So let's imagine different ways of being. Right. That feels like the opportunity in front of us. Yeah. And the, the place to go is maybe a place you weren't ready to go and where I think a lot of folks in, in the church sometimes aren't really initially ready to go is into the struggle. Right. Exactly. Not, I mean, it's the celebration. Yes. But the struggle, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where, that's where the work is done. It's sort of in the midst of that chaos where okay. the creativity really emerges. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. A colleague said to me, or a friend said a couple years ago when I was going through a lot of personal stuff, um, and was talking to him about it. And he said, you know, sanctification hurts. And (laughs) I've carried that with me since because it does. And in scripture, refiner's fire, that's not pleasant (laughs) for the stuff that's needing to get burned off. Um, But you have leaning into that, um, allows us to the you, you know you've mentioned a couple of colleagues and professors and others I, I think it's so beautiful you you don't see this work as something you're doing on your own you're oh, doing it alongside no. and it makes me wonder I know um by the way um joining us Anna Pitney Strait a good Yay. good friend yes Leticia Wells as well some smart people on this call um <laughs> um it makes me wonder who is it that takes care of Jessica? You know, who mm-hmm. pastors you, who makes sure, you know, you're loved and cared and a child of God and, and, and also mentors you, where are those mm-hmm. mentoring mm-hmm. Maybe a community? Um, how does that happen for you? Yes. I mean, I, I'm so fortunate that, I mean, the work that I get to do means I am connected to a ton of people and what an amazing cloud of witnesses, um, these folks are for me. Um, Definitely the staff and the strategy team of Next Church, um, amazing folks who either are or have been in those ranks, um, who are, um, you know, we don't just work together. We, we get to know each other's lives and care for one another deeply. Um, so that's a huge gift. Um, I've got an amazing group of clergy women here in DC that oh, meet regularly. Beautiful. Um, and those are definitely the women that I can look back to and say, yeah, some of the biggest risks I've taken, some of the most courageous things I've done have been because they pushed me um, Beautiful. or helped me see myself more clearly. Um, they notice things in you you don't necessarily yes. notice in yourself exactly. and invite you yeah, to yes. embrace those gifts. Yes. That's just yep. beautiful. Yeah, I've got an amazing preaching group. Um got a great therapist, got a great husband, great family. <laughs> so, I mean, it takes it like, it takes a village. It really does. <laughs> right. so, I, hear um, you. I wouldn't want to do it any other way. I mean, it's right. so much more fun when we get to go together. Right. Yeah. Well, and you're that village to others too, Jessica, and you've been that for me today. I can't believe our time is winding down. Oh my gosh. Um, very quickly here. Um, 
I'm wondering, you know, the the gathering, why don't you say just a little bit about the gathering? Because it is one of those things um, that's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. y'all are embracing the, the change. I heard, uh, by the way, on a uh, webinar I was on recently that there's there's a good chance a lot is going to be virtual in 2021. But y'all were early in embracing that. What, what excites you about that? And yeah, what yeah. Can you say, so, say about yeah, it? the little commercial is that we have a fantastic <laughs> Next Church National Gathering that will happen virtually March 5th to 7th. Um, and it is free to register. There's some That's amazing awesome. speakers um, and workshop leaders and preachers who will be present. So um, definitely I'm be there register. That's good, sure. good, good, good. <laughs> um, well, you know, and again, I think this is one of those places that this is a huge opportunity for us. Um, we have had this tradition for the last 10 years of gathering in person for an event, and we've had about 600 people join us um, year in and year out, which is fantastic. But the fact that we get to shift it into this virtual space means that it, ex- it expands access. I mean, it's expensive to fly across the country and right. come to an event. So this we're hoping that this is an opportunity for a lot more folks to get involved and connected to some of these really great leaders and thinkers and to be inspired in their own right. work. Um, it also, I think, gives us permission to experiment in a whole different way because we've never done it this way before. Sure. So we get to try, we get to learn. Um, we've been learning, we've been trying to take lessons from others and learn those along the way. So we've been going to a lot of virtual conferences ourselves to see what we can learn from others. Um, the other thing I'm excited for, which was not necessarily a driver of us making this decision, but the, um, we get to make a much smaller environmental footprint in doing it. Right. Um, it's a lot of energy that goes into 600 people flying across the country to be together. So I'm glad that we can, um, respect that this year too. Amen. Um, so we're, you know, we're looking forward to the experimentation this will allow. Um, and we're also hoping to shift the national gathering so that we are consistently using it as a springboard to deeper development of leaders and supportive congregations and not not a standalone event that you attend and then go home right but something that really is inviting us all into deeper learning um, deeper connection and deeper connection right well i'm just so grateful i think it's visionary i do think you're, it has, helps answer this question where God is calling us next toward maybe taking some more risk, doing mm-hmm. some things differently. Mm-hmm. Here are the stepping back, how important that is. And and also digging deeper, you know, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. questions that will require struggle. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity in where God is calling us. And a lot of, as <laughs> I remember learning early on, like a lot of ministry to do. Like it may not <laughs> yes. fit on my electronic calendar the way i'd like it to but it fits you know god's time you know exactly Exactly. and and god's hopes and so thanks for your the courage uh stephen lewis was with us i know a friend of yours now too and um krista christine krista who is the uh, who is with form for theological exploration your friend uh Oh, Christina Rapoli. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that, you know, we need people who are courageous leaders and doing what mm-hmm. you do. So from the church and from myself, I just want to say thank you to you and your colleagues. Big shout out to Jen James. She's, she's like my, she's <laughs> awesome. 
um, and just grateful for her and all that that you work with. It's it's a real gift. Um, wish we had, gosh, another 30 minutes or a couple of hours to talk, but we don't. I will tell you this, and I hope you'll join us. This is a little risky, but I talked to my people. They're okay with this. Um, my next guest is um, the Reverend Dr. Elizabeth uh, Henson Hasty, whom, whom I'm closely related to. Um, so that is uh, Betsy, my friend. I know it's going to be good. This could be scary. Um, she's been involved in a project on women in the Reformation, expanding the narrative, and you're part of that narrative too. Um, but uh, women who are reforming and making a difference in the church and. Um, so they're launching a video series yeah, folks will hear more about. So I hope you'll join us for that in two weeks. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving, be safe, um, and come back and join us. And, um, uh, please check us out on leading theologically and, uh, on wherever you get your podcast and, uh, let us know what you think there. Give us a review. That would be awesome. Um, maybe you could bless us, send us, charge us, uh, Jessica, if you would, that's been our practice. Sure. Here, if that's okay. Sure. Friends, go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Stand firm in your faith. And let everything you do be done in love. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Jessica, and to everyone who joined us. Mm -hmm.